The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, October 18th, and today is, oh, get ready for it, ladies. That's right. It's International Legging Day. It's also National Exascali Day. I think I'm pronouncing that wrong. Broad Day, USA, ladies, and National No Beard Day, Rico. Medical Assistance Recognition Day and National Chocolate Day. Cupcake Day. Well, thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there somewhere on the screen to find out where we live on the internet. We are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube. And now we are also streaming on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, and Rumble. Oh, yes. But kicking it off first, we have the dope dad himself. That's right. It's Rico Lamite. When he's not taking naps, you can find him maybe catnapping, catting off, and tricking off. That's right. It is none other than the dope dad himself, <laughs> Rico Lamite. Cat daddy himself. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. So I got some sad news today coming out of uh, Wyoming, the equality state, as they call it. Uh, so despite a strong push by local advocates and municipalities in favor, it's looking like at least for the foreseeable future, adult use and medical access will remain unavailable in the great state of Wyoming. A recent University of Wyoming poll revealed the majority of Wyoming voters supported legalization, but the state remains one of only 10 in the union without any form of legal access. Compassionate Wa- Options Wyoming Uh, Wyoming Normal and the Wyoming Libertarian Party joined forces earlier this year campaigning to qualify two voter initiatives for the 2024 elections, one to legalize medical cannabis and the other to decrease penalties for usage and possession. The coalition's push seemed to have gained enough support this spring to qualify for voter initiatives for the upcoming November 2024 ballot. But the efforts organizers say that they received unclear direction from state election officials about exactly how many uh, registered voter signatures were needed to qualify. According to Wyoming's primary news outlet, the Star Tribune, the requirement based on 2022, excuse me, 2020 voter turnout was 41,776 signatures. 
The medical movement coalition gathered around 36,000 by the March deadline, just short of qualification. However, the threshold turned out to be only 29,730, according to information later published by the uh, Secretary of State's website, a key detail organizers say was not provided to them during their signature gathering campaign. Compassionate Options Wyoming said in a September statement on Facebook that the cannabis petitions had collected enough signatures to qualify, but the Secretary of State's office prevented certification of the petitions based on incorrect information. Wyoming Secretary of State Chuck Gray said in a statement that the organizers' claims are unfounded. A Wyoming normal uh, spokesperson told the Star Tribune that he believes the snafu was a legitimate mistake rather than deliberate subterfuge, Uh, but the pro-legalization groups are now considering a lawsuit. I have no idea why the normal spokesperson even spoke here if they're considering a lawsuit. Poor poor form, my man. Uh, From the outside looking in, these poor folks never had a chance. They didn't know the real number of signatures needed. Some folks are blaming the state. Others are saying that it was an honest mistake. And now, barring the unlikely help from the state lawmakers, same state lawmakers that they're talking shit about, uh, them going out of their way to push this forward, uh, or a unified, legitimate legal challenge, add that to the limited time and resources to start a last-minute petition drive, it looks like, at least for now, safe access to medical cannabis will not be available to Wyoming citizens in need. Hopefully the Wyoming trap market's able to provide sufficient remedy for the state's dysfunction, at least until they get their shit together. I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street, reporting live for High 9 News. I'd like to hear from you guys. What do you think about this Wyoming thing going down here? Man. Sad, sad day. Yeah, this is, this is, this, this is sad. I, so, so, so the state didn't tell them how many signatures that they needed to get in order for it to qualify for the ballot. Am I, am I correct on that? They are claiming that the state told them the wrong number. The state gave them numbers based on 2020 ballots, which is incorrect uh, for now because less people are voting. <laughs> I mean, isn't this Gretchen, something I know, Isn't this something I that know they could have just Googled? That part. Is something that they couldn't have just I, get from the county clerk's website? The whole thing is idiotic. It sounds stupid. I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. I mean, I mean, this is why you, people need to pay lobbyists. <laughs> Yep. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know we all think lobbyists are the devil, but they would know how to fucking do this. When we Between see groups like MPP groups. going out of biz, the what do you think MPP did? They led legalization efforts in states. Mm-hmm. They would have led their given their expertise and helped get this done. This is just yeah, a sad yeah. state of affairs. Sad state of affairs, literally. Uh, between those three groups, not one of them knew the right number. Yeah. Compassionate options, Wyoming, Wyoming Normal, and the Wyoming Libertarian Party all were going for the wrong number there. And um, then they just dropped their efforts in September thinking that they lost. And then later on, apparently they did have the right amount, and the Secretary of State did not qualify them. So um, I mean, I would think that they would have a legitimate case if they can prove the state said, all right, in writing, here is officially the number that you need. And... Clearly, that was incorrect. How, how, I think you could sue. Yeah, but but how about like the uh, the the leader of Wyoming Normal, uh, like one of the uh, groups represented here? He's out, out there saying publicly that oh, he doesn't think that it was. Uh, he didn't think that um, uh, it was. Stupidity is not a defense. Yep, that's right. No, that's I mean true. the state can't claim. Oh, well, sorry, it was an honest mistake. Well, honest mistakes you get sued for. Yep. 
no, I, not I, a legal I, defense. I agree. I agree. With, I agree with you there. I'm just saying that the dude from Normal just needs to shut up, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the, no. no it, I I'm, really I'm saying that about... doesn't matter that this guy said anything. No, regardless of does, not. It does. Look, anything you it say. Does not. When, when you're suing somebody and and there's liability lawsuits and things going on, anything you say publicly can be twisted around. Every lawyer in the world will advise that part you is to true. Not say anything in the media if you are. I'm going well to aware that you should not speak. I got that, but to just say that this person came out and said, "Oh, I think it was an honest mistake," doesn't change the state's defense. does not change the state's liability. No, but you still you're not going to give the opponent a defense. Like that's just not yeah. smart. But, but the, again, stupidity, not a defense. Yeah. And these type of stories really like they propagate like the stoner stereotypes. I don't even like it. It's like, oh, what'd you guys do? Forget how many signatures you needed. <sighs> oh, that's like, so true. Come on, man. That's Let's so get true. this shit together. Just so this is like and like are these like are these legit organizations? Like, is that the legit normal, legit libertarian party? Because I just had a lot more like uh I just thought of them a lot higher. Normal usually does things really well. The Libertarian Party has their normal, stuff together. Uh, I, I, I don't yeah, know about the Libertarian Party. I don't. I, I don't think you can say that about them. They've been taken no, over. I mean, it's a corrupt it's a functional political party in the United States of America that puts a, a candidate on the presidential ballot every year. I feel like this was an easier hurdle. Right, Luke. But the thing that you don't get about these groups is, yes, there may be a national profile. However. Uh, these are local generally volunteer thing. organizations on the local municipal level. Uh, mm -hmm. And so you get who's willing to open up shop in their garage and lead this effort, unless you're putting real money behind it. No, and I'm guessing it. by the stupidity, there was not real money put behind this. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think so at all. I understand that, but there's still SOPs for these organizations when these chapters are open. And I don't know. It well, just, that's it, also wishful thinking. Yeah. No, it's a shit show. It's all a shit show. No one it's likes sad. to talk about it, how the sausage is made. Number one, shit show is mm -hmm. how it's made. It, the, the people, the citizens, the, 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 the patients, they're the ones that are losing here. Period. Get better yeah. leadership. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the industry overall is losing off of this just because the lack of sophistication um, uh, by, by these organizations. I mean, the fact that they're coming out and making these statements just makes everybody look bad. Yeah. Come out on a unified front. I think that's a, that's a great point, Jason, because uh, we can talk about safe banking. We can mm -hmm. talk about any other initiative that we tried to push forward as a uh, cannabis, uh, quote unquote, cannabis community. We have not been on a unified front. Uh, mm -hmm. it's stuff like this that paves the way for major corporations to just come through and eat everybody's lunch. Yep. That's what they're doing. Yum, yum, yum. Absolutely splintered. Mm -hmm. It's it's why we keep ending up in these same circular problems. We're just not not working together. We're not raising enough money. And the people who um are out there pushing for the needs of our industry are not getting enough support from mm -hmm. the people that yep. they're advocating for facts you have to be out there fighting for what you want mm -hmm. don't without expect someone else to do it for you it's not gonna work without a doubt breaks my heart man this i mean it's the oldest military tactic in the book is divide and conquer if everybody's in fighting then you really aren't attacking the issues or the people that are keeping you down so Get it together. Come together. Let's pass some shit. This is like, I feel like Wyoming is a little behind the curve on this. Let's let let's get it together, Wyoming. My story actually touches on Wyoming, and the people in my story would really want this thing passed. Oh so. boy.
And on that, we're going to go to the commercial. I always thought that Idaho would be like the dead last dinosaur to come around, but now I'm thinking it might be Wyoming. Uh, it's going to be Idaho. No, it still will Idaho's be Nebraska be dead or Idaho. Last. Idaho is going to be the dead last. <laughs> we're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah. You know what it is. We just stretched and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Bug Dizzle. Let's do it. It's going to be fun. Up next, y'all know who it is. He is the industry's longest continuously operating retailer known for smoking the best weed in the world and also his unwavering support of... That's right. Fascists. Stop it. <laughs> I'm not, I don't support Democrats. Y'all know who it is. <laughs> Jason. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Hope y'all are having an amazing, amazing day today. Interesting story today, you guys. You know, we're always talking about how there needs to be more education and more education. Well, Vermont schools begin cannabis conversations as dispensaries spread across the state. Cannabis dispensaries are continuing to pop up on street corners across Vermont with some areas like Chittenden County already hosting at least 10 stores. What effect does that have on Vermont students? We've, list, we've visited schools having conversations about cannabis and how they are navigating the new moral high school students are still being taught to just say no to underage cannabis use. But the legal market has changed the landscape of educating students on legal weed. In a quote, acknowledging that marijuana laws have changed, it's for sale. So we take a really nuanced view here, which is talking to them about the realities of situations, but also taking them, or excuse me, talking, with, talking to them about where they're at in their actual lives, said Matt Manure, a student assistance programming counselor at Champaign Valley Union High School in Hinsburg. He says, despite the various ways to consume, to consume, the frequency in which students are getting caught isn't necessarily increasing. The cannabis conversations about habits are, are continuing, making clear that cannabis can impact the developing brain. In a quote, uh, talking about the decision-making, what choices you want and what life you want to live helps take it all away from it. He just he says, hey, this is all available to you now. To what type of member of my community do you want to be, he says. What are my habits, said Manure. 
These kinds of conversations are happening in classrooms all over Vermont. A 2021 statewide Department of Health Youth Risk Behavior Survey shows nearly one-third of high school students have tried marijuana. It also increases by grade, going from 16% of students statewide in grade 9 to 46% by grade 12. It's important to note that this data from before is, is from before retail cannabis became legal. And in a quote, they say, I think the lo- the the longer that the students put off using for the first time or experimenting for the first time, the easier it gets for them to make those choices and the healthier it will be for them in the end, said Manure. Kelly Doherty, the Department of Health, says uh, Vermont has the second highest percentage of people nationwide aged 12 to 17 reporting using cannabis in the past 30 days. And in a quote, parents are the number one influence on their kids. Our kids are watching us at all time and they model the behavior that they see. So even with alcohol, we recommend that if parents are using alcohol, keep it Keep it kind of out of sight and talk to your kids about the risks of it, said Doherty. Keep it kind of out of sight? That seems kind of weird. She says the messaging from the department remains the same and similar to what schools are saying, advocating against underage use and maintaining healthy habits when users are of age. And in the final quote, she says, we like to focus on helping youth develop healthy coping strategies Again, protecting brain health so they can be their best selves. Just because something is is legal doesn't mean it's safe, said Doherty. Oh, well, well, well. I think that's a page out of Project Sam right there at the end. But I'm going to see what you guys have to say. And this is Jason Beck for the High at Nine News. I'm glad they're having I'm very conversations. I just hope they have right Because listen, as a mom of two teenagers, have these conversations around all those hot topics. But you need to be backed up by the academic side of their life. That's where they spend about 50% of their life as children at school, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, just as recent as this last week, my daughter's school was having conversations um, in their science and health classes, talking about healthy choices. And that has to include a conversation around cannabis. It has to. It has to include a conversation in a group format where they can hear out their peers and ask questions and, and you know, talk about what they've experienced or what they've heard versus what they've experienced, right? And so these conversations need to be happening in a classroom setting. And we all know, whether we want to admit it or not, that the human brain isn't done growing until it's about 24 or 25. And so trying to get kids to abstain from any kind of substance use as long as they possibly can is what's best for them. That's it. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair points, Mandy. I, I, re- I, I really like it too. I agree a lot with what you, what you said, Mandy. Um, I also, I, there, there's a few things I want to unpack actually. I don't know why we still use the same Nancy Reagan, just say no terminology like that. That is such a propaganda wing of the drug policy of the United of, of the drug prohibitionists. Um, but whatever. But the, the, the thing that I think is really cool here is that they're opening these conversations, right? And having them. And then they said they, they made a very, really good point that they said, even with all the availability of cannabis and in its different forms and vapes and all these different things that, you know, all the prohibitionists say is coming for your kids. They said that they did not see an increase in use. 
that is really important, right? Because a lot of times what the prohibitionists use as one of their main talking points, Sam and Sabet and the rest of the crew over there, is that as soon as a state goes legal, youth, in, youth, youth consumption increases dramatically. Your kids will be falling out in the street. Don't do it. Vote no. And obviously that's not the case. That hasn't been the case in Vermont. And it's not the case in almost every single state that, the, that legalization has passed in. So I think that's awesome that they highlighted that. I think they need to update their stats. Twenty, you know, using stats that were pre-legalization uh, without dispensaries around, I think kind of skews that. But um, you know, I applaud Vermont for kind of pushing in this direction. I think they should keep going. Education is key. Yeah. You know, I, I just love, also no, want to I piggyback love, love, on for the last two, maybe yeah. even three decades, high schools have been producing on most campuses in California, not all, but most, this um, program. They put it on during homecoming or prom season. And, and I think it's called like every 10 minutes or something like that. Basically, it's an anti-drinking campaign um, during these special party nights when you're in high school. And if we're having those conversations, if we're having conversations about um, alcohol and accident-related deaths for teenagers, we absolutely should be talking about cannabis with them. There's nothing that should be off limits to talking about with your teenager. Really, nothing. Agreed. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love it. I love it that they're getting the dialogue started early. And um, all states should be having these uh, conversations, and they should be, uh, um, and the cannabis community should be uh, um, uh, the, the centerpiece of this, they should be having open dialogue with all the parents, all the, the, the lawmakers, uh, all the educators. So everybody's on the same page and you don't have all this reefer madness that we see still running rampant in our country. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I'm with you guys on that. Well, coming up next, she is our feisty redheaded conservative that loves to tell pot love and lives all about themselves. She's the founder of Panoptic Strategies. It is none other than the Miss Gretchen Gailey. <laughs> Hello. Yep, we hear you. Uh, all right, I'm talking. Okay. All Good right. morning, Gretchen. Good morning, Jason. Um, or uh, shall I say, good afternoon. Um, since Washington's burning, as usual, so great. Uh, my because of plain old dipshits. <laughs> uh, but I I do love that. Uh, my peeps are standing up to the morons. Your piece uh, of, what, so anyway, five, five members? 20 members, apparently, to take a hike, Jim Jordan. But anyway, uh, as usual, you can't do the math or count. So uh, my headline <laughs> is, up in smoke, five years after legalization, cannabis use higher while companies burn out. We're talking about good old Canada. Five years after legalization, the number of Canadians using recreational cannabis keeps getting higher while the sector shows signs of burning out. According to new, new research from Statistics Canada, one in five Canadians report using cannabis in 2020, 6% increase from before legalization. Output from the new cannabis industry has meanwhile been shrinking since late 2022. Canada's Cannabis Act legalized recreational use and sales five years ago. During this time, Statistics Canada has been contributing to an improved understanding of the social health and economic impacts of this policy change. The statistics agency says that the rate of cannabis use more than doubled in the country between 1985 and 2017, when it reached 14.8% of adults. By 2022, the number of adults reporting using cannabis in the past year had climbed to more than one in four Canadians, or 27%. 
Cannabis legalization has normalized its use without doubt, Toronto Metropolitan University lecturer and industry expert Brad Polis told CTV News. Much of the stigma is eliminated, and many people just look at cannabis the way they do alcohol. Statistics Canada also noted large regional and demographic discrepancies in usage. Despite its unofficial status as Canada's cannabis capital, British Columbia was in third place for adult use in 2021 at 26%, after first place Nova Scotia at 31.5% and Prince Edward Island at 28.4%. The only province where less than 1% in five Canadians used cannabis that year was Quebec at 15.7%. Cannabis use in 2021 was almost common in 18 to 24-year-olds at 39% and 25 to 44-year-olds at 31.2%. Counter, countering pre-legalization concerns, Statistics Canada observed no increasing use among people 15 to 17, despite increases in all other age groups. Output from the cannabis sector, meanwhile, grew until peaking in November 2022, when its gross domestic product reached $11.6 billion. That has since fallen to $10.8 billion, which represents a 5% of the Canadian economy. Following legalization, many of Canada's largest cannabis companies have shrunk their operations, while smaller players have shut down, sold off, or declared bankruptcy. Legal sales are growing, but there are simply too many players in most segments for the industry overall to be profitable. We're in a period of industry consolidation and seeing all of the things you would see when what happens when, such as bankruptcies, restructuring, and mergers. After a flurry of openings, a number of brick-and-mortar pop shops now appear to be stable, according to Statistics Canada reaching 3,332 in 2023. These stores made $4.5 billion in sales in 2022, a year-over-year increase since legalization. More Canadians are also getting cannabis legally, with 68% doing so in 2020, up from 40%, 47% in 2019. Increased legal sales and decreased illicit sales is a big accomplishment. Uh, Robert Schwartz, a professor at the University of Toronto's uh, Dalalana School of Public Health. This has also meant less of the harms associated with charging people for possession of small amounts. Michael Devalier is an assistant producer of psychiatry and behavioral neuroscience at McMaster University who writes extensively about drug policies. And with production exceeding demand, Devalier notes that Canada's largest cannabis companies have never had a profitable year while losing billions in investors' money. At the beginning of legalization, the cannabis industry overestimated the domestic market and was overly optimistic about the development of foreign markets. Small or modest gains in sales are unable to save the industry from its enormous accumulated debt. Uh, My question to you all, because I am not a financer, expert, or anything of this nature, uh, but is this the future for the U.S. market? Are we going down the same path? This Gretchen for Hyatt 9 News. That question, Gretchen, is going to depend on what happens in this next presidential election, because if we have someone like Biden still being our president, then the economy is still going to tank, and that's just going to have dire effects on the cannabis industry even more. Well, let's pretend that the country keeps its sanity, and it's... Let's do both scenarios, Jason. All right. So whoever. So what what do you got? Let's see some actual facts and knowledge behind that answer. Facts and knowledge. Matt Gates for president, right? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. no, That's funny. Matt Gates for president. No, no. It's Trump for president, bro. Stop it. 
or at least Vivek. Vivek. Again, again, can I get some actual uh, analysis here? Yes, actual analysis. Look at the economy. Yes. The economy was I'm booming asking. when Trump was when Trump was president. Okay, granted, cannabis the companies economy is the economy now. Is the is not booming right now. Stop it. The economy. Let's let's, let's try and keep this around cannabis. Can we numbers. keep the conversation to the, the cannabis industry? We're trying. To. We've been seeing consolidation in our markets as well. Right. Um, yep. We're seeing an overglut of uh, production. Alexa, even here, is also getting annoyed. Alexa, shut up. Uh, see, Alexa getting all up in your biz, girl. She is. She's Alexa. like, who's talking about that booth indoor weed again? Must I be bet. Jason Beck. I bet. I bet. Um, I mean, the, 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 that's what industry does. Is is is, is it grows? It, it consolidates. That that that's kind of like like the history. But the the thing about it is that there's been such a massive overproduction in all of these different markets with limited uh, resources to in a, in order to inhibit legal sales. Plus, you have a gross overtaxation in all of these markets, which only stimulates the illicit market. So therefore, their their so called capture of the marketplace isn't really capturing the marketplace. It's only capturing maybe like. 25 to 30 percent of what actually could be the marketplace well here's a question just real quick mandy quick question on that because i'm not an expert on canada at all so anyone jump in here is are there tax rates like our tax rates when it comes to cannabis um if i if i remember correctly um if i remember correctly it's it's similar to uh to washington's uh, type of, of tax rate. So, so Washington state has a thing. So like, let's just say you pay $45 for a product. Well, $15 of that goes to the state, $15 of that goes to the retailer and the other $15 goes to the brand. And if I remember correctly, that is how Canada, um, operates somewhat, somewhat similar to, to that type of a structure. Damn, that's gangster. A three-way split on my shit. Yeah. Three-way splits. Holy Damn. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised, man. But if their tax rates are not as high as ours, it's just a, a summary of free, the free market when you when you do weird things like overtax it and then try to regulate it. Like, okay, like this is what happens when an industry emerges, everybody jumps in, it becomes oversaturated, prices mm -hmm. drop, the small players get crushed, the mm -hmm. people that have money are able to sustain the, the weather, the storm, mm -hmm. they come out on the other side in control of more. Uh, more capital and more equity and the free market capitalism machine continues to move that is what we all like signed up for when you became americans and or north americans if we're including canada in this it doesn't always work um it really doesn't work when you add in the government intervention intervening and overtaxing and overregulating. now you've created a really really sick and dying monster but uh you know, this is what we got. We got to fix it. I don't see us being in the same boat as Canada. One, Canada has trash, trash cannabis. Yes, Let, they let's do. Just put that out there. Exactly. Okay. Everybody wants uh, U.S. cannabis, specifically California cannabis. Um, and then what you're seeing, what you're seeing is a lot of what Jason touched on too. Is this is like a really small snapshot of of what the actual amount of cannabis that is being consumed and purchased in Canada. So you, it, it's really not an accurate. A uh, uh, shot of what you're seeing on the ground over there. What well, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm not understanding I'm why you say point. it's not accurate. He, he, he's, he's saying well, because saying because they in the sense of consumption is continuing to increase in Canada at right. a really high rate, at, at the rate that it's increasing really everywhere in in the U.S. as well. And um, you're not seeing like 
you're not seeing that translate in 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 retails in legal businesses exactly. because of exactly. the gross over taxation, the gross over charging, and and all of these different things. So the actual market is yes. a lot bigger, Gretchen. And and what they're doing is they they're getting a sliver of that market and being able to do projections on that when it's not really accurately true of to what Canada is actually producing and and selling and exporting. So you're saying that the 27 percent who are saying they're cannabis consumers in Canada is an incorrect number. It's much higher. Yep. Yes. And they, but the I, businesses still can't sustain because they yeah, sell crap they're weed. Not, they're not, well, no, no, because those, because that's the only aren't purchasing from the legal market. They're correct. Purchasing from yeah, the but they're saying market. almost 70 percent are saying they're purchasing from the legal market. Yeah. Another fact to consider hey, really? is that, you know, now that there is an adult use market and it's not so taboo to admit that you are a consumer, people just feel more comfortable disclosing it, but they maybe are not buying from a retailer. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've been purchasing from someone all along or growing yeah. their own yeah. or what have you. And also too, maybe, I, I think, maybe I they have, I think the big thing, the big thing that we're forgetting here is that they're not allowed to brand either. Mm -hmm. So if you can't really, you really can't put out a brand like you can in America, like how are you really going to sustain if you can't really make a name for yourself uh, like you can in other countries, specifically in America, how are you going to build up a yes. following? R Rico, 100%, Dom. And that's part of what I'm saying about like how it's, it's kind of free market capitalism. And then you put this like regulation on top of it that like suffocates yeah. it and it, it just can't work. Yep. Like you're 100% correct. That brand thing is tremendously debilitating to that market up there. But when it comes back to us at someday, mm -hmm. are we going to be able to sustain all the shit that we've built already? Uh, of course not. Businesses are going to go I mean, down. Yep. Time is only going to tell. I mean, there will never be any less cannabis users than there are today. No. Well, the I mean, more people in, understanding in, 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 of this yeah. is only going to um, increase globally, and yeah. certain markets will need more business operations because it's going to be an epicenter, kind of like how you know, Italy or Napa are for wine, France, right? These regions yeah. have more of these types of concentrated businesses. And so it just, it's, it's going to take time when I mean, we're building a global economy and we've never done this with this plant before. So there's a lot to learn, a lot of wins and a lot of failures are going to happen. Yep. Uh, I think I think it's, it's it's very essential, you know, especially with cannabis as we know it, as is, as uh, the quote unquote industry has been built from the underground days to where whatever the hell we are right now. Um, you're always able to smell it. You're always able to uh, touch it. You're always able to see it, see what you're actually consuming. And uh, I I personally am surprised it took like this long for the Canadian market to like quote unquote crater. Uh, because like people want to see what they're buying. Uh, if you don't see what you're buying, you're just like, oh, you're buying some generic government regulated product. I would much rather go to my trap guy who's probably going to let me see what I'm buying from. He's probably going to let me smell what I'm buying from him. And uh, chances are like, I I'd be more prone to buy that from him rather than from uh, these, uh, these uh, generic cookie cutter uh, uh, um, options that, is, uh, that are offered by uh, the government legally. But I don't know if I agree with the assessment that the industry has cratered if nearly 70% of people saying they're using that legal industry. 
I think they're lying. Well, or they're mi- I think they're, they're misconsumed. All lying. I, I think they're misconsumed. I think they're like, hey, they may have gone and purchased uh, something one time at a store, but as far as them going and regularly purchasing it all the time and that being their sole source for that type of product, I'm not buying that. Yeah. There's a big difference between purchasing and consuming. Mm-hmm. And so what is the question they're being asked? Is, there, is it their consumption use or where they're purchasing at? No, they asked them, where are you yeah. purchasing? And at the same and time, they said legal market. You you don't think people lie in these things? And like, why are they going to snitch on themselves and tell tell on themselves, especially when they're living in a communist country? I understand, but if you're willing to admit to use, I don't think it matters where you get it from. It it does when you live in a communist country and the government is taking people's bank accounts from people All just right, for protesting. Back. I've had enough of you. Um, it's true. Next story. <laughs> it's true. Jesus Christ! It's not happening. Okay. You look, right. I'm so we'll go sick to a of this commercial. fucking we'll be bullshit. Back. You make fucking we'll go, Republicans we'll look bad, we'll be right and it back. pisses me off. We do. Nobody else thinks like you do, Jason, and it's just fucking ridiculous. Amazing. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Oh, how shit oh yeah. Stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you have not already. And did you know that you can read all the stories that we cover today on our website at www.hyatt9news.com? Make sure you tell a friend. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Oh, boy. Oh, man, that's, that's classic right there. All the earthquakes I've experienced here in California have been soft. Soft Mm. (laughs) effort. You ready? I I was waiting. I'm waiting on you. Let's go. Now, this is well-known industry expert dedicated for, and dedicated Mary Mama is a Northern California-based head honcho of the Women's Canna Awards. And she's also known in certain circles as Carmen Sacramento for a never-ending quest to find the world's greatest cannabis and psychedelic edible experiences. Come to the stage, y'all know who it is, Mandy Tingler. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Today, my article is one about some parents who are really struggling right now. Um, the headline reads, couple allegedly smoked weed while autistic son left apartment unnoticed and drowned in a nearby pond. Sadly, a Florida couple is facing a felony manslaughter charge after their three-year-old autistic child drowned in a pond while the two had allegedly been smoking marijuana inside their home, according to court documents. Lester Ortiz, 39, and Barbara Ruiz, 37, 
called the Stanford Police Department in the afternoon on Saturday and reported that their three-year-old son, Ethan, had been missing from their apartment for around 30 minutes, according to the arrest report. Ruiz reportedly told the officers that Ethan had run off at least three times before, but had been brought back to the apartment complex's front office by a neighbor, according to the report. According to Ruiz, she was in the bathroom around 30 minutes before the police arrived when she heard the front door open and close and asked her 15-year-old daughter to check the door, but did not realize that Ethan had left. Ruiz said then that she called Ortiz to see if Ethan was with him, but Ortiz was in the apartment's other bathroom without the boy, according to the report. Ortiz and Ruiz then reportedly began to look for Ethan inside the home and near the pond directly behind their apartment, per the report. Investigators noted that the in the report that Ortiz had a, quote, strong odor of fresh marijuana coming from his clothing, bloodshot eyes, and was sweating profusely. Ruiz also had bloodshot eyes in the inside of their in the inside of their apartment, and they described the apartment as being in a state of disarray. Smelled of marijuana per the arrest report. The search of the home found marijuana, cocaine, and drug paraphernalia. Around 20 minutes after arriving on the scene, officers noticed an unknown object floating in the pond and discovered it was the body of the missing three-year-old child. Ethan was taken to the local hospital by the fire department and pronounced dead shortly thereafter. According to the Florida Department of Children and Families, this was not the first time they had received reports about Ethan. In March, the agency said he was found knee-deep in the pond after he unlocked the front door, but was found by neighbors since Ortiz was allegedly sleeping and had not noticed the son's escape, according to the arrest report. The couple's other son, a six-year-old, also diagnosed with autism had also gone missing the year prior, the child agency reported. Ortiz and Ruiz told investigators that they both held medical marijuana cards and, quote, smoke marijuana on a regular basis, according to the arrest report. They were both arrested and are being held without bond at an arraignment scheduled for November 14th, according to court records. Now, you guys, there's a lot to consider here. Um, what I can tell you from personal experience is that I was a social worker um, that focused on working with families who had children diagnosed with autism. And what I can tell you also is I have a brother who's diagnosed with autism. And kids with disabilities struggle to communicate, but they still have all the same desires that kids of their typical they want to go outside, they want to see what's happening in the world and yet they don't have the capability necessarily to really take care of themselves properly. And it is a very hard challenge to be a family member or a caretaker of one child on the autism spectrum, let alone two. Um, cannabis, in my opinion, is meant to be something that was supposed to be a help, helpful tool, a coping mechanism for these parents. And while I don't know, know what happening in their home. Um, I really can't blame cannabis for this particular. I'm curious all of today and the Sacramento High Yeah, you know, you know, Mandy, I think you hit on a really, really important, important, uh, important uh, point right there that I think often gets overlooked in a lot of these types of stories is that the problem is more with the parenting than with the actual substance. 
Yeah, man. This is this is this one cuts me deep, man. Because my daughter has autism, mm-hmm. and it's um, no no parent wants to outlive their kids. But yeah, just like just knowing that this autistic kid um, could have been in better care, man. Mm-hmm. It's on the yeah. parents. Yeah, listen. So, thoughts uh, and prayers to the family facts. and everybody, everybody around that for sure. Um, so too is man. like, you know. These headlines, I, and, and I hate to like bring it to this, but these headlines to me are just ripped right from like prohibitionist like script books. Like book. it says yeah, couple, I think it was couple allegedly smokes weed while sun goes out and drowns in the, in the pool. Like it makes it sound mm-hmm. so callous and like, just like, oh, like this couple decided like, to smoke weed instead of go watch their son. Like, exactly. That's very, very, very loaded language. It's, it's, it's misleading. Um, you know, just because the officer showed up and there was a smell of marijuana in, in the room or in the house, like that doesn't mean that they were smoking while the kid went out there. That doesn't mean that they were even smoking within the last few hours or that day. It could have been, you know what I mean? So this is just ridiculous. I hate to like, you know, take a tragedy and point out that that ridiculousness of this kind of sensational journalism, but this is what we deal with when when the plant has been demonized in this sense for so long. Mm-hmm. You're going to see these type of headlines until we start to further educate this stuff. This has nothing to do with cannabis. This has everything to do with parenting. These parents had two autistic two two children with autism and they probably weren't trained. They probably didn't have the tools and capabilities to be able to take care of, uh, you know, kids that had special needs and stuff like that. I don't know their specific situation, but it's a tragedy altogether. But it's a tragedy that didn't have anything to do with cannabis. Yeah, it's it's just it's, this is just neglect. This is neglect. Mm-hmm. Straight up, straight sad, up, just sad. bad parenting. Well, sad. I mean, the, the oh sorry, I was just gonna say that you know by. The, the rules when you're using cannabis, according to where they're at, they had medical cards, right? Um, so they obtained, they had that documentation. Mm-hmm. And when you are a parent, supervising your kid is your number one responsibility, period. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't drinking alcohol if you're at a birthday party. It doesn't matter where you're at. Um, but parents with children who have disabilities need extra support. Because it is so incredibly taxing, psychologically, physically, yep. financially, it it is so much more difficult. And parenting is fucking hard. Okay, add a child with disabilities or two kids with disabilities, man. Community, I hope you have one that supports you. Well said. Yes. Adam, do we have a do we have a final commercial today? All right, we have one more commercial. We're going to be right back. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as debt. Relying on 25 years of commercial hydroponic experience, King Solomon Nutrients has engineered the best liquid and dry fertilizer products for cannabis that preserves the crop, the soil, and the environment. Through relentless passion, research, and innovation, King Solomon has developed simplified cannabis crop nutrition you can trust. 
It was created for farmers, by farmers. Don't mess around, try the crown. And sad, sad sure story. They just look devastated, like they've been crying. Yes, so uh, but we got it. We got it. We got to keep it going. That was a very, very sad story. And thank you, Mandy, for bringing that to us. But we're going to move right on in to that's right. Mr. Luke Scarmazzo, who did some time for a cannabis crime, but didn't do no telling because he is a convicted felon. That's right. It is none other than the Luke Scarmazzo. Yes, yes. Welcome, welcome, y'all. Uh, it's your neighborhood outlaw correspondent for the Hyatt Nine News, Luke Scarmazzo, bringing you those prohibitionist stories that are still going on today. And this one is a good one. And I like it because it's very relevant. We're uh, touching on Wyoming again. And it says, uh, Wyoming traffic stop leads to 65 pounds of marijuana and two arrests. Two men are facing felony drug charges following a traffic stop in Cheyenne. According to arrest records, 59-year-old Brooklyn, New York resident Ernest J. Johnny was heading east on Interstate 80 around 3.30 yesterday afternoon on October 16th when Laramie County Deputy Garber stopped him near the Interstate 25 interchange for using two-lane violations. The old lane violation. Listen, if you are trapping and you are driving on the freeway, follow followed our old Uncle Dale's rules. Do not break multiple traffic violations at one time. Do not break multiple laws at one time. If you switch lanes, use your blinker. Don't speed. Like these things are like, ah, they're no brainers, but like, I feel like this happens all the time. But anyway, so Garber said, uh, uh, Johnny replied that he was driving a rental car and that he was driving home. Wyoming Highway Patrol troopers arrive, they bring the canine, they call him on the scene, and guess what? Canine alerts to the car. Almost like, listen, those canines are good. Um, I just, there's, there's, there's some news about um, them being uh, not trained to, to detect cannabis anymore. That's awesome, but it looks like the ones in Wyoming still are. So Johnny's pastor was a 48-year-old man from Philadelphia. Uh, Pennsylvania named Gary Young reportedly told the officers that he rented the car for Johnny and he did the driving. Garber says from the sheer amount of marijuana and the large amount of cash, it was clear that the marijuana was destined for delivery. Johnny and Young were both arrested and booked into the Laramie County Detention Center for possession of marijuana. Conspiracy charges, sales of marijuana, and they were all felonies. As of late Tuesday morning, the two had yet to be formally charged or arraigned. They haven't even got their court date yet, and they're still in jail. This sucks. Um, but look, look, Wyoming, 65 pounds, is going to land you three felonies in the jail up there. Uh, I had some partners that did some state time in Wyoming. It's a totally different setup. You're going to be like on a ranch. They're going to be working you. You're going to be like taking care of horses and stuff. If that's your thing, then that's cool. But it's not my thing. It shouldn't be anybody's thing in 2023 and 2024. Wyoming, you have to get it together over there. Stop arresting people for cannabis. But that's the news for the for, for the high at nine today. Your local outlaw correspondent, Wednesday, hump day. What do the rest of my fellas think about this and my lady? This is bad. Great terps weed. 
Hey, I, I see this as an opportunity for the other trappers out there to fill the vacuum. <laughs> the state's not going to fill. <laughs> you got an opportunity. Somebody's missing out on 65 pounds to the market. <laughs> Y'all know what to do. You, you know what <laughs> I'm surprised the- <laughs> with all these with all these stories? I mean, none of these none of these trappers are doing things that trappers used to do back in the day to ensure a safe a safe, a safe arrival so like like as far as like like having a caravan of cars like two or three cars so then that way you have a designated car that gets pulled over you know what i'm saying that does something stupid if law enforcement seems as though it's going to pull over car. another car yeah, exactly yeah car. exactly yeah. And, and 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 so I, we, we haven't been seeing any of these stories um li- like that and so I just I just have to imagine that people aren't doing this anymore or haven't thought of doing that. And therefore, since there's no lazy. decoy, the cops are just getting more, uh, more and more bust. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Jason, that, that's, that's great points made there. And I think this goes, man, there ain't no code no more either, man. Is it, yep. <laughs> this this new ge- this new generation of outlaw, mm-hmm. <laughs> the most stupid uh, cats out there, they leave digital paper trails like, like everywhere. They just snitch on themselves, and they're just making the the, the most boneheaded mistakes that I've ever seen. And, mm-hmm. and and some of these guys, they just deserve to be. Unfortunately, they deserve to be caught. And uh, like I, I said, think, I think it's kind of like uh, Rico. I think it's what happens is like it's kind of like a um, byproduct of like all the good things that we do, right? Like. I think cannabis has become like destigmatized to a certain point to where like the younger generation just feels like, listen, I can do whatever with this. Like I'm just throwing it in the bad car. Like one of those last stories, they had like 200 pounds just in a Porsche, like mm-hmm. just bagged up. They didn't even care to hide yep. it. They were just rolling with that shit. So it's like, listen, these things, like, like Jay said, there was rules to the game that yep. you had to follow. You had tail cars, you had your shit vacuum sealed. You had it underneath the spare tire. You like, you know, I'm not going to go into all the games. I mean, I mean, even, even, even motorcycle gangs, Luke, even motorcycle <laughs> gangs, they'd run in a pack. You'd have like a pack of 30 of them. And like maybe five of them had, had stuff in their, in, in their little, in their little duffel bags or whatnot. And as soon as, as soon as the boys pull up, they all scatter and all go different directions, and there's no way to, for the law enforcement to figure out who has who or what. And you know, they skipping yep. steps. They skip. They they, they 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 skipping steps, man. And I blame I blame rap music. Ever since these rappers started buying their ways and their way into the gangs. <laughs> ain't nobody getting jumped here no more. So you're saying ain't we're blaming? So, hold on. So are you saying that we're blaming Jada Pinkett for all this? Definitely was Jada's fault. Jada Pinkett, Jada Pinkett Smith is Tupac. She, I said she, it here. First. Yeah, she 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 was Tupac. Yes. Oh man. Yes. Damn, you never okay, actually listen, saw um, them at the same place at the same time. Yep. See what it's, I'm saying? It's like it's like it's like, Mike, it's like Michael and Latoya Jackson. You never seen them in the same room. Never. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Trying to tell you guys. Trying to tell you guys. Oh man, that's interesting story. On a separate note, while I was looking through the news this morning, I did come across an article. I believe it was coming out of Minnesota, maybe. Um, They just brought in nine new police dogs. All of them are not trained to detect cannabis. Nice. Nice. Well, I mean, Minnesota. That was was exciting. I mean, that's because they have they have all that all that hot (laughs) hemp up there. Are they are they still trained to attack black black people? Oh God! Oh yeah, you stop know that it. didn't stop. Hold on, I'm I'm going into my last story now because it's just getting ridiculous now, Rico. Let's go, Jason. Yes. What you got for us? Yes, they say her eyes were visibly red, 
and a mom says her daughter was unknowingly given THC gummies at school. At least six students at Bear Creek Middle School in Fairburn, and this is in Georgia, became ill after consuming what they thought was ordinary candy passed out by a classmate on Friday. It turned out to be cannabis-infused gummies. In a quote, my daughter said when they were eating it, the student was laughing, saying, it's not real candy. It's an edible Mother Angel Butts told Channel 2's Tom Reagan. Butts says a school resource officer called her on Friday afternoon to say that her daughter and other students had consumed the THC edibles. In a quote, when she came home, she was moving really slow. Her eyes were visibly red. They were very slow. She was complaining that she felt dizzy and she felt scared. She just never experienced anything like that before, and she wouldn't have. She's only 13, and she's never done drugs before. It was very upsetting for me and for her because we had never been through anything like this before, said Butts. With the widening acceptance of marijuana use and its legalization in many states, more children are consuming high-potency cannabis-infused edibles and getting exposed to drugs at a younger age. In a quote, as parents, if you're going to have that type of stuff, you have to make sure that it's out of reach so a child can't get it and give it to another child, says Butts. The mother sent her daughter back to school on Tuesday with a stern warning. I told her, don't take anything from anyone else. I don't care who they are. It could have been 10 times worse than it was. Anything could be in those gummies, said Butts. The school principal sent out a message to parents on Monday assuring them that the student who passed out the cannabis gummies was being properly disciplined. He also said that consumption, possession, and distribution of such products would not be tolerated. Well, well, and well, I'm, I mean, I, I guess I could see that possibly happening, but I'm also willing to bet that the, because this was in Georgia, that the kids didn't want to admit to the fact that they were knowingly taking a cannabis gummy because Georgia, that would be highly illegal. And therefore, I'm not sure if I'm buying this story. And if I was a kid and I was in Georgia, I would have probably told my, my mom that I had no knowledge of it either, even if I did. What yeah. do you guys think? Um, this whole this whole thing is BS too, and they're trying to say like, oh, this is like a byproduct of legalization. I would actually argue that this is actually a byproduct of it being illegal. Well, also um, and too, that's why one you don't know what was in the gummies supposedly it's... that the, these kids took. Number two is uh, you can't like trace it back to see if it what the, the amount of THC was in it or any of the milligram dosage or anything like that. It's unregulated. It was got it was who knows where it came from. Like these are all things. And then the kids were scared and they didn't want to say anything, of course, because it's a, a demonized drug in Georgia where they would their people go to prison for it. Mm -hmm. So like this whole story is such BS. And then they, I like the way that they try to blame it on legalization and uh, the proliferation of gummies. No, this is. I mean, hold on, hold on a second, though. The proliferation. have this mentality. Luke, this is in Georgia where they just opened up one store re recently that was a pharmacy. So these products, 99.999% right. is going to be either an illicit product or a Delta 8 over the counter product or an HHC product that was over the counter or THCO, something like that is what these kids took if they did take it. Yes. This is, I mean, this is, even if, even if, let's say this story is, you know, uh, valid, right? Like, why is this on the evening news? 
Oh, yeah, so much stuff happens in schools and middle schools, high schools, and elementary schools that does not reach the uh, you know the local news station or, or or whatever. Like they're pumping this shit up. This is straight up reefer madness. Pumping this shit up and trying to sensationalize. Yeah, because this, this is coming out of Georgia, so they're they're, they're the prohibitionists yeah, are at it right now. Get people scared. Yeah, they're just getting people scared on the of the upcoming. You see, if we legalize, we're gonna have more and more stories like this. There's always going to be something that kids are going to get sick from, uh, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol in school, whether they're having sex in school, like, like, like stuff like that happens mm-hmm. in schools all the time. That this is just the recent boogeyman, and they're trying but to get Rico, people. Her eyes were red. Their eyes were red. How do you know she didn't have allergies? How you know there wasn't dude, just like is, a lot of mold or pollen in the air that day? Kill everybody. Did they give her this is a drug test to determine that it in does fact not does not specify that does not okay. specify Woman, that in the article at all? She doesn't need no drug test. This is Georgia. Her eyes were red. She was high. Hold on, but was her yep. tongue green? Yep. Because if her tongue green. wasn't green, according to law enforcement, it, is this, can, it is, can't is, be is weed. This Mar- is, is, this, is this Marjorie Taylor Green's district? Oh God. Oh man, Jesus! Is this her district? Like this is this? Yeah, this is reefer madness, sensationalism, and yeah. and um, uh, without all of the facts here, and without this being major, like, like shame on the mother putting this on the local news, and, and shame on the local news put, uh, pumping this out uh, because you're hurting the state economy, you're hurting the, your local economy by putting out stuff like this, and um, it's it's only going to hurt you guys in the long run. And you know what? Stuff like this is going to make the kids do more of it. That's yeah. a good point. Mm-hmm. Very true. I, I did. I did. I did uh, find the line that she, that the mother mentioned in here when she said, "It could have been so much worse." I'm like, really? Yeah. Like it, it, <laughs> consuming a gummy? Was, yeah, your eyes. You could have slept a little bit better. <laughs> Man. Yeah. I, I, but but in all fairness, all jokes aside, in all jokes aside, it, it, if if you do not know that you're eating a cannabis gummy. Um, it can have uh, 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 effects that 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 you do freak out on mentally, and like Absolutely. can get super super paranoid, and it can feel Absolutely. super super and, real and for listen, a while. Uh, kids so, should not use yeah. cannabis uh, unless kind of unless cannabis prescribed by a doctor. Period. Unless prescribed by a doctor, absolutely. Yeah, they have a developing brain, and that brain is very very important to develop because otherwise you'll just be as dumb as rocks. Yeah, I mean, I started smoking See, weed when I'm 12, and look how dumb I am. See what I'm, I'm saying? Just saying. Hey man, yeah, me too, man. That's right. Your, your, your brain has grown so much, Luke, that it pushed all your hair out of your head. Yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. and it went to like my knees Just, and ears. Mm-hmm. See, whatever, whatever your IQ score is, man, it could have been it could have been five points better. Damn it! <laughs> had you had you waited five more years to start? If I had waited five more years, <laughs> I might have been able to get that job at fucking Costco. Balling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and on that note man as we continue to save the children here thank you all for joining us for yet another episode of high at nine news you can catch us live weekdays 9 a.m pacific high noon on the east coast big shout out to our super fans showing love giving the comments posted live on the big screen and to our uh, live audience and online supporters catching us across all media platforms tuning in each day to the headlines of chaos to our vetted correspondent uh, team from tuning in from all over bringing us much needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table to our production team cloud media partners house of fuego all our 
of our other sponsors, keeping the lights on, and our AV struggles to a minimum. And as always, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason the Hyatt 9 News team reads these headlines daily. Thank you, too. It has been Wednesday, October 18th, 2023. The show is over, and you've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope it was enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke, at least until tomorrow. My name is Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street. I'm a great dope dad. Luke Scarmazzo is a great dope dad. Uh, 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 Mandy Tingler is a wonderful merry mama. And um, we take care of our kids, man. We say we, we protect our kids. And the stories that we talked about today are not indicative of the pop parents that are doing the right thing. So with that being said, Luke, Luke, what you got for us today, man? Take us out. Well, I'm going to keep it real simple. And I'm going to say... Don't be the one who has the most, but be the one who needs the least. And we'll see you next time on the Hyatt 9 News. I like that. Self-sufficiency, yes, Luke.